So John chapter 14 once again, and we've been, have worked our way really through verses 1 and 2, and so we're not going to review uh, really any this morning. We're just going to go right and pick up where we were uh, in verse number 3, and we'll read down through verse 6 this morning. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Of course, for many believers, these are familiar, very familiar, very comforting words. And as we've been looking at these words of our Lord and these instructions that he gave to uh, his apostles, uh, we also see how they ought to encourage us to live godly lives even in the midst of our own difficulties or our own trouble. You'll notice there in verse 3, in this translation, he uses the word, and if I go, uh, it certainly would be as appropriate to say, and when I go, this was a guarantee. This was not Jesus putting some kind of a condition that he may or may not go away, uh, is when I go away, I will prepare a place for you. And you'll notice that he says not only will he go, but he will also prepare a place and will come again. So there is no uncertainty here. Uh, There is no uncertainty of his going, and there's no uncertainty of his return. You know, really, this this comfort and this belief that we have when we consider the fact and the assurance we have that Christ is, in fact, coming again uh, is of great encouragement to believers today. Uh, We cannot say the same about those who are not believers in Christ. Uh, They can't rest in that same promise that there is this day when Christ is going to come. Because when he comes for his people, it's coming and it will be a glorious return. But for those who are outside of Christ, naturally, that will be a terrifying moment. That will be a terrifying thought uh, to then have to stand before a perfectly holy uh, God and be judged, of course. And we see here that this is, again, in the line of the first two verses that John's been writing uh, in his epistle and the words that Jesus spoke. We see here that he does make not only this promise to go, but this promise to prepare a place. And we looked at that last week, and, and so we won't, we won't uh, review that. But this coming again, this assurance, uh, some people have often says, said for believers, what's the, what's the greatest remedy for my heart trouble? What's the greatest remedy for my discouragement of heart? Uh, really, it has to do with that assurance of Christ coming again. Uh, that will prevent your heart against many, many troubles. And to know that there is a true belief, there is a peace of heart that comes that Christ who says, if I go into heaven, I will not only prepare a place for you, but I will come for you once again. Uh, You don't have to turn there this morning, but in 2 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul uh, used such beautiful language that's very similar uh, to the confidence that even the Apostle Paul had in this return of Christ and his uh, personal uh, looking forward to that day. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 6 He said, therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. 
We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Certainly that was Paul's great desire and his great anticipation is that he would one day be with his Lord. As he was writing to the church at Philippi, uh, Paul also makes mention of this in Philippians 1 verse 21, a very familiar verse again to those of us who are in the faith. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He had this great confidence of not only his going to Christ, but that the comfort and the necessary uh, thoughts that were there to encourage them. So we see there this beauty of Christ coming again. In verse number four, back in our text, you'll notice that not only does he say, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, and whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Of course, the Lord had told them over and over again, that he must die, and that he must be buried, and that he must raise from the grave. This going to the Father was never in doubt. There was never a question. I go to my Father, and if I go to my Father, I will bring you unto myself, which means also to bring you unto my Father. He had spoken about going to the Father's house back in verse number two. He had told them, here, you know where I'm going, and you know the way there. But yet it, le- it leads them, and we'll look in a moment, it leads Thomas to ask this most uh, pressing question in his mind, wanting to know the way, and how can we know the way? And of course, Jesus gives uh, that wonderful response of what all of our hope is in and why we can have such hope. Uh, remember, these disciples, these apostles, had dealt with time and time again with just the fear of what was on the horizon. And certainly it would be easy for us to disconnect ourselves from them and and think, why were they so fearful? Why were they so troubled in heart? Why were they so disturbed? I would say the same thing about us. Knowing what we know about the Lord and knowing the promises and the fulfillment of all things, uh, why do we have the troubled heart? Why do we become discouraged? Why do we begin to question and to wonder when we have God's promises laid out before us? And so certainly uh, Jesus here is not only comforting his disciples he was speaking to here, but he's also encouraging all those uh, that are his children. Uh, It's interesting to me that that Christ uh, always uh, made himself very plain to them. Uh, It was not that Jesus spoke in such mysterious things that they could not understand. Uh, Much of it was just due to their own disbelief. It was due to their own unwillingness just to listen to everything that the Lord had said. Now, again, Thomas often gets a, uh, gets a, a bad reputation, maybe. It's maybe not the best word, but almost as if he's blurting out this concept or he's blurting out this idea almost as if, how in the world can we know uh, if we don't even know the way? And yet Jesus had certainly already told them in verse 4, he said, whether I go or where I go, ye know, and the way you know. And yet Thomas immediately says, how can we know where you're going? We don't even know where you're going, and we don't know the way. So what Jesus says to Thomas there in verse 5 and 6 is not something brand new. It's not something they had never heard before. But he needed to be reminded of this great truth again. Now, we can say this about Thomas. 
Uh, Thomas did not immediately just assume confidently he knew everything and he was able to handle everything, much like Peter, who, you know, remember how rash Peter was with his mouth, saying, Lord, I will die for you. I will go wherever you call me to go. I'll suffer whatever I need to suffer. Thomas uh, is concerned, of course, about the way, and he's concerned about not knowing. Uh, But he, again, remember what they would have been thinking about. They were still thinking about this temporal kingdom that was happening now. That's what they were still looking for. And yet Thomas still inquires and questions. He questions those two things, where he's going and what was the way to get to where he was going. You can see that in verse number six, Jesus answers both questions. When he declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, he is answering both of Thomas's questions. He's answering where he's going, and he's answering who. He's answering the where and the way. Christ himself declares to Thomas so clearly and so clearly to us today that Christ is the way. There is no other way. There is no other avenue. Christ is our way. We enter in by him. He's the truth. He is the one that all the Old Testament shadows, all the pictures. He is the true, as we talked about and we reviewed way back when we preached through Hebrews. He is that true tabernacle. He is the truth. There is nothing false in him. He is the life. He is the breath. We are only alive unto God today as we are alive into Christ. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There is nothing and no way that will get us to the Father's house except through Christ, who is the only way. How many things today, if this was the proper environment to do it, how many different ways is the world and even under the guise of religion trying to find their way to God? Man is inventing new ways. Man is reinventing the old things, misinterpreting what used to be. But here we have this great theme. We live in this world that is lost. It is undone. And we don't have to... Uh, know the answer to every theological question. But we do need to know that Christ is the way. We need to know with certainty today that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, is what Christ is saying. What do we do when we're talking to confused people in the world who believe that there is more than one way to God? What do we say to people who say uh, there is only relative truth, there is no absolute truth? What do we say to people that say there, where is life to be found? Christ is the answer to all three of those. Christ is the way, Christ is the truth, and Christ is the life. And the solid truth is that no man, No man, no woman, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what they've said, no matter what they've prayed, no man cometh unto the Father but by Christ. Christ is the way. Jesus did not say, I am one of many ways. He did not say there are many valid ways to get to me. He didn't say there are many avenues of truth. He didn't say, I am part of the truth. I am an aspect of truth. 
I am a way of life or I am a part of life. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. These I am statements, of course, point all the way back even to the Old Testament where he declared that God declared that I am. No one comes to the Father but by me. And we might say this morning, the assumption is that most of us here today already know Christ as our Savior. Why do we need to know that? Because every day, we need to be reminded of these truths. Every single day, we need to be reminded that when we're we're in this world and our heart is, is tempted to grow weary, it's tempted to grow cold, we're tempted to turn back, we're tempted to go back towards the things of this world, we have to remind us again, I am the way. When we do lose our way, that way has and always will be through Christ. When we are being bombarded daily and our children are being bombarded daily with there is no absolute truth, what are we going to tell our children? There is only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one way of life. As a person or persons today, as we live in the midst of this very confused world, right? Where, where could I send you today? If you came to me for counsel today and you said, Pastor, send me somewhere in the world that will bring me true everlasting comfort. You know what my answer to you would be? I can't send you anywhere that will bring you everlasting comfort. But I can send you to Christ. And as a believer today, we need to be driven back to Christ over and over and over again. Every day driven back to the Christ who is the way to the Christ who is the truth, to the Christ who is the life. There's a lot of things in this world, I'll I'll be honest with you this morning, there's a lot of things in this world I don't understand. I've tried to make heads and tails of a lot of things that are going on in the world. I've tried to make sense of even some of the theological errors that are just seemingly coming at us so quickly. But I can't understand this. I can understand I am the way, the truth, and the life this morning. No man cometh unto the Father but by me more clearly than any other statement in the entire Word of God. It should be clear to us as believers today. It should be crystal clear to us that where our comfort comes from, where our encouragement comes from, is in the same as it always has been. Where did the Old Testament saint find their comfort? In Christ, the Christ who would come. Where does the present Christian find his comfort? He finds it in the Christ who has come. Where do I find hope for the future? In the Christ who's already gone to the right hand of the Father and he ever lives to make intercession for the elect. There is no greater news that we're going to hear than that. Imagine praying to a God. Imagine lifting up our supplications and prayers to a Christ that we so firmly have clung on to. And that our heart would never be tempted to drift away. Again, think about what Jesus told them. Again, it would have been one thing had Jesus told them all these things, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and then stayed there. That would have been one thing. But he did go. He did leave them. He did go and do exactly as he said he would do. He went away and he's been preparing a place for them. And one day, Christ is coming again. He is coming back for his bride. And we know that we do have the wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. 
right? And we know that one day he is coming, but we have this comfort of all these thoughts today. Even this week, I would just encourage you, as I do every time we finish these on Sunday mornings, just rethink and meditate and pray on verses three through six and just think about the beauty of this again. There is a danger for every believer here and believers that aren't here today of growing cold and indifferent and with familiarity. Oh yes, the pastor is mentioning John 14, six again. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That should never be the attitude of a believer. That verse should grow sweeter every time we hear it. It should have been the thing that already encouraged our heart once this week. And I hope that today that's what we can do. So before we pray this morning, just let us think about this, just this quick thought, this quick application. How should Christ, being the way, the truth, and the life, and the coming again of Christ, comfort and encourage us today? I can think of hundreds of ways that this ought to encourage us today to know the way, to know the truth, to know the life, and to know that he's coming again. I hope that our hearts will take comfort in that this morning. Amen.